0: Well, how's everyone doing tonight? Are we good? Yeah? Are we making it through the first month of the year? Kinda. Why kinda? Yeah, it's the start of the year. But it's like halfway through the school year, right? Like we're halfway done. No? Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right. Well, Everyone, we are so excited for tonight. We actually have a special guest speaker with us that I'm really excited for him to share with you all tonight. Just to give some background that this is a person that both myself and Pastor Izzy have known for a few years now from back in Missouri. Him and his wife are currently missionaries to Luxembourg. So I'm sure he'll touch on that a little bit tonight and talk about it. But I just ask that you guys give him your attention That our ears are open to hear. Give him your best. And I just believe that he has a word for you tonight. Amen. So would you all give a big round of applause and welcome up Colin Dorsey.
1: What is up, guys? It's so good to be here with you tonight. And like Pastor Ariel said, my name is Colin. I'm actually married. My beautiful wife, Cora was not able to make it here tonight, but she sends her love. And before I do anything else, I just want to take a moment to honor your guys' youth pastors. Let me just tell you that, you know, as a missionary, we travel around and we go to different youth group and churches and we speak and share our story. And what's happening in this place is really significant. That the presence of the Lord is here. And that's because you have youth pastors and you have leaders in this room who pray for you. And who seek the Lord, and that what's happening in this place right now is unique. And you guys have incredible youth pastors who love God, who love people, who pray for you. Oh, wow, water. Let's give a hand for all of our leaders. Come on, leaders. Leaders lead. I love that. And you guys have incredible youth pastors. You know, people can say a lot of things about Pastor Izzy. You know, people probably say he's super fun very passionate, talks really fast. But the thing I remember most about Pastor Izzy from my time at James River, that when I first met him, I was a college student at James River College and I had just got there. This was like eight years ago. And Pastor Izzy, you know, he loves people. So he was hanging out with the students, getting to know them. And I remember we were in a group of people and we were just talking. I don't know what we were talking about. We were just hanging out And I said some stupid, witty, dumb joke about whatever we were talking about. And Pastor Izzy just stopped. And he was like, dude, how did you come up with that? I was like... I don't know. He's like, dude, I could have never thought of something like that. Like that was so smart and so witty and so funny. And in the back of my mind, I was like, no, it wasn't. (laughs) But that's the thing about Pastor Izzy and Pastor Ariel, that they see value in people. And they call that value out. And they encourage them and help them to walk in the calling and the value that God has placed on them. So you guys are so blessed. Can we give a hand for your youth pastors? I know Pastor Izzy is watching online. So he's with us digitally tonight, but you guys are blessed. And like Pastor Ariel said, uh, my wife and I, we are missionaries to a little country in Europe called Luxembourg. Who here has ever heard of Luxembourg? It's okay. We didn't even know about it before we became missionaries. We'll put a map on the screen and the map, that is Luxembourg, that tiny little country in between France, Belgium, and Germany. And you may be wondering why in the world are you guys going to Europe and Luxembourg? It's a really good question, and there's a few reasons why. The first of which is that this may be hard to believe, but the secular people of Luxembourg, primarily atheist agnostic, that I'll save you the statistic, I won't bore you out with it, but when you compare the secular people of Luxembourg against Muslim people groups and Hindu people groups and Buddhist people groups, that the secular people of Luxembourg are just as unreached as those other people. And the reality is that not many missionaries have been reaching them. That we have not had a U.S. missionary in the country of Luxembourg for over 10 years. And my wife and I are the third ever missionary unit to go. That this place is so unreached and so few people have been reaching them. And we're so excited God has called us to go and change that. That's part of it. But the other reason why is that we are called That both my wife and myself were called into ministry and into missions as youth students. That's why we love the opportunity to share in youth services and kids services because God speaks no matter how old we are, no matter our background, no matter how long we've we've been walking with God, God loves to speak to his people. And just kind of sharing a little bit of our story and how we were called into missions, you know, for my wife, my wife had grown up in church, but her home life was pretty rough, that she had her dad around, but he was not there emotionally, that her dad was an alcoholic, that even though he was there physically, he wasn't there for her emotionally, that she grew up. And by the time she was in seventh grade, she was already struggling with anxiety, depression, and honestly coming to the place of wanting to give up on her life because she did not see value in it. And she was at a youth camp. Come on, youth camp. Who here loves youth camp? Youth camp is awesome. She was at a youth camp in seventh grade, and it was at that camp that God literally saved her life and gave her a plan and a purpose and said, I'm going to do great things in you and through you and going to send you to lost people to tell them that I have a plan and a purpose for their life too. That God did that in her life. And for my life, I had also grown up in church. But when I was three years old, my parents had got divorced. My dad was in prison for a season that I didn't grow up with a father. And that shout out to my mom. My mom made sure we were in church every time the doors were open. And so I had grown up in church, but I had never truly made the decision to enter into a personal relationship with God until I was 15 at a youth camp. Come on, youth camp. You guys got to go to youth camp. God does awesome things at youth camp. And so I was at a youth camp. And yes, I had grown up in church, but I still carried the wounds and the hurt and the pain from not having a father growing up. But it was at that camp that I no longer was a Christian anymore because that's what my family did, that I made a personal decision to put my faith in God and allow him to be the perfect father that he wanted to be. And he came into my life and he changed my life from that moment. And he called me into ministry that I would go and travel to different places and preach the gospel and lead people to Jesus. And so my wife and I, when we were youth students, we were called into ministry and into missions and We'd always have that in our hearts. We never knew where. We never knew what people group. We didn't know what ministry. We didn't know what that looked like. But we just would always pray and say, Lord, is now the time? And he would say, not yet. Until last year, January 2023, we were fasting and praying, giving the year to the Lord. He says, time to go. We're like, all right, let's go. Where are we going? He's like, Europe. And we're like, why? Just kidding, we didn't say that to the Lord. But we never really had a pull to Europe, but he started drawing us into Europe. And so we just went down that road and met with our leaders over the Europe region and heard about these different opportunities and areas. And one of the places that came up was Luxembourg. And we'll put the next picture on the screen. So we were meeting with our leaders who are over Luxembourg and they told us about a dream that they had to see a university ministry started at the University of Luxembourg. That's the University of Luxembourg. It looks awesome. Very steampunk, I would say. It's an old steel mill that they like renovated into a college campus. And they shared with us how there haven't been any global workers, any missionaries in the country. And how they have this dream to see a university ministry started at the University of Luxembourg. And, you know, we had so many different meetings with different leaders hearing about different opportunities. The one thing God kept bringing back to both my wife and myself was this picture. God called us to go to Luxembourg and to go to that university. And he spoke to us and said, you will see events just like that one day. But it won't be people coming together to listen to some mainstream band. I think that's a techno concert. (laughs) It wouldn't be events like that. It would be thousands of students and people coming together to worship and come to know Jesus. So why are we going to Luxembourg? The people are unreached. Not many people have been reaching them. And God has called us to go. And we are so glad to give God our yes because we know that doing what God has called us to do is the best thing that we can do with our lives. But I think that's enough about me. I want to get into the Bible tonight. Who here has a physical Bible? Let's go excel youth physical Bibles. Come on. Don't sleep on the physical Bible. I love the Bible, so I want to get into the Bible, but before we jump into the missions tonight, you know, I want to talk I want to get into the word. I want to talk about missions, but I have a question important question. Do you want to know what it is? Who are you? It's a simple question, but it's kind of deep, right? Who are you? You know, when I say that, you may think, you know, this is my name, or this is where I live, or this is what I do, that I shared a little bit about who I am, what my name is, who my family is, what we do. But can I just tell you that how you answer the question, who are you, Is so valuable because your actions flow out of your identity that, you know, you guys have been on a series on habits, which I'll be honest, I just found that out today. I wrote this message weeks ago, but I figured this was very fitting that God had given this message for tonight because your actions flow out of your identity that if you want to change your habits. Then it starts with changing your identity and how you see yourself because your actions will flow out of that. So I'm going to have this message be a bonus episode of the Habits series. How you answer the question, who are you, is so important because you are defined by what you do. God's different. The kingdom of God is different. That you aren't defined by what you do in the kingdom of God. What you do is determined by who you are. You see, for me, I had grown up in church. I did all the right things. I was always at youth. I was setting up chairs. My mom would put me in the musicals and stuff that we would do. I didn't want to do that, but I did. Because that's what you do when you grow up in church. But none of that changed my life. What changed my life was when I gave my life to God and allowed him to be my perfect heavenly father. And he changed my identity to become a son of God. And with That change in identity is what changed my life because my actions flow out of my identity. So we're about to get into the word, get into some Bible, but let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence. We ask that you would impart to us your spirit of wisdom and revelation to understand who it is that you have called us to be. Father, and that you would speak to us what it is you want to do in our lives tonight. We love you, Lord, and also pray. Amen. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. For those hard copy Bibles, Romans chapter 8. We'll have it on the screen as well. And we'll be starting in verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, that's the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. You know, this is just four short, simple verses, but such a powerful passage of scripture. And you know, guys, tonight I'm going to make it real simple. I don't have a title. I don't have any points. We're just going to work verse by verse through these four verses and pull out some truth. So we'll start in verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You see, if you have put your faith in God and made a personal decision to enter into relationship with him, then you become a child of God. And part of your identity as a child of God is that you are led by the Holy Spirit. Now, that can sound like some big theological mystical thing, like hearing thunder and lightning. And that's the Holy Spirit leading me. But no, can I just let you know that whenever you walk into the lunchroom and you see that kid who always sits by himself and you feel that draw, hey, I should go sit by them today. It's being led by the Holy Spirit. That when you have a friend who's been really struggling recently and you know that and you just keep having this thought come back to your mind. I should text them. I should reach out to them. I should encourage them. That's the Holy Spirit. That when you get a little birthday cash, you know, get that little whatever. And you get that thought, hey, how much of this should I give to speed the light? Being led by the Holy Spirit. That part of our identity as sons and daughters Of God is that we are led by the Holy Spirit. If you want to know what God wants to do in you and through you, where God is calling you and where God is leading you, then it starts by understanding your identity as a child of God. Let's continue on in verse 15. The spirit you receive does not make you slave so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship or daughtership. I'll throw that in there. And by him, the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. You see, since we are children of God, we are not slaves to anything or anyone. That we are not slaves to sin, fear, anxiety, depression, addiction. That through relationship with God, we are set free From all of those things. Isn't that good news? That if you are a child of God. You live in freedom. But I'll be honest. I think many of us. Don't truly understand our identity. As sons and daughters of God. Because the things that we have been set free from. We continue to allow them to control our lives. And if you truly want to understand your identity as a son or a daughter of God, then you have to live different than you did before you were saved. You have to live different than your friends who don't know the Lord, that as children of God, we live different because we have freedom that we are not bound by those things. We have freedom from those things. So we have the opportunity to walk in that freedom, And can I just suggest to you today that if you are a child of God, do you find yourself continuing to be trapped in the cycles of depression and anxiety and addiction? And can I just suggest to you that it's because you're not walking in the freedom that God has already given you? That if you truly want to unlock the full potential of being a child of God, it's not enough to just know it. You got to live it. You got to walk in the freedom that God has given you from those things. Going on to verse 16. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. I'll be honest. Some of us don't know what it's like to have a father. I know I didn't. I didn't know what that was like growing up. For my wife, she didn't know what it was like to truly have a father. You know what's awesome about God? He knows that. And that is why he sent the Holy Spirit to bear witness to our spirit. What does that mean? That the Holy Spirit reveals to us what it is to be a child of God. What it means to have a perfect father. What it is to have a father who loves us, a father who is perfect, a father who loves us more than we could possibly imagine. Can I just tell you tonight, God loves you so much. You may never have had a father who told you he loved you, or told you that he was proud of you, or told you that your life has significance. But what God is speaking to you tonight is that your life does have value, that your life does have significance, that he loves you so much more than you could possibly imagine. And if you have never made a relationship with God, a personal decision to allow him to come and be the father that you may have never had, then he would love to adopt you into his family. And every time he brings somebody into his family, he is not like, oh, no, here's another one. He's not annoyed. He's not disappointed. You know that he is overjoyed every time someone joins the family of God. Do you know that God had an intentional plan of inviting us into his family? Look at Ephesians 1:15. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us in to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. It gave him great pleasure that God delights in being the father that you may or may not have ever had. He delights in being the perfect father who will love you and give your life value and significance that God loves to do that. You know, but I would say there are times that we who have a relationship with God and know that we are children of God. There's days we don't feel like it. There's days maybe we may do some things and we're like, you know, not really feeling like a child of God today. Or Sometimes we don't understand what that looks like. But 1 John 3.1 says this, see what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. Do you know that regardless if you feel it or if you understand it, God calls you his child, that God loves you, that even on the days we don't feel it, even on the days that we probably have done things where in the natural, we would think that ah, I can't be God's child anymore because I did that. No, God still calls you his child. Verse 17. Now we are children and we are heirs heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ. Here's the most amazing part of this passage, guys. That for those of us who are children of God, do you know that your royalty? Think back to like medieval times, like kings and queens and castles. An heir was the next in line to the throne. That the heirs were the princes and the princesses of the kingdom. And as heirs, they got full access to all of the king's power and authority and resource. And God calls his children his heirs. That when we enter into relationship with God and we are children of God, then we become royalty. And we get full access to all of God's power, authority, authority. And resource. Guys, I don't know what has been spoken over you in your life. But can I just tell you right now. That you're a prince. you're a princess. Your life has significance. That you are incredibly talented. That you're going to succeed in life. You're going to change the world. You're going to make history. You guys have value and significance. And God is going to do incredible things both in you and through you. Now at this point, you may be wondering. I thought we were going to talk about missions. What does this have to do with missions, Colin? Everything. Here's the mission of God love God, love people. It's that simple, and that calling. The mission of God is not just for missionaries and not just for pastors. It's not just for the youth leaders, that that is for every believer. And you do not have to go to Luxembourg, that right here in Chicago, that you can love God and love people and tell people that God loves them too. That in your schools and in your neighborhoods and on your sports teams, you are able to make a massive difference in the lives of people by walking out the identity That you have as a son and a daughter of God. But can I just tell you. Only way to effectively love God. And love people. Is to truly understand how much God loves you. You know guys I told you. I was called into missions when I was 15. I'm going to shock you right now. But I'm actually 28. Some of you guys were like why didn't you raise your hand for the first time visitors? (laughs) 28. And you know, my wife and I, we're not going to Europe until next year. So I'll be 29. It's taken me 14 years to walk in the full calling that God has placed on my life. And I think one of the reasons for that is it isn't until recently that I've truly understood what it means to be a son of God. That, you know, if I would have gone right out of high school at like 17, 18, I don't know how effective I would have been because I don't know if I truly would have understood the identity that I had as a child of God and his love for me and how his love can change a person's life. You know, I believe in faith there's future missionaries and pastors and worship leaders and business leaders and photographers and graphic designers, people who are going to shape culture in this room. I just want to tell you guys something more important than what you are called to do is who you are called to be. And God calls you his son or his daughter. And your actions will flow out of your identity that when you understand that you are a son or a daughter of God, then you do what a son or a daughter of God will do. That obviously you will read your Bible because that is what a son or God, or daughter of God does. That obviously you will be accountable to your friends and to your leaders because that is what a son or daughter of God does. That obviously you will go to your friends and be like, hey, I have an amazing father who provides for all that I need and protects me and answers my prayer. And do you know that he wants to be your father too? That that is what a child of God does. That if you wanna see your actions, and your habits change, then it starts with the change in understanding your identity. And I'm gonna invite the team up to, uh, we're gonna close here in a minute. You know, that when it comes to being a son or a daughter of God, I think for those of us who have grown up in church, Like, we get it. you probably heard these verses. If you were in kids' church, you're like, yeah, I get it. I'm a child of God. You've been in youth. You've been in church. You're like, yes, we sing the song. You know, no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. You get it. But there's something completely different between knowing something and really believing it. Believing it in the depths of your heart and allowing it to change your life. That. John 1 12 says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. That to become a child of God starts with believing him and accepting him. And the reason that identity is so important is because it is the one thing the enemy hates for us to understand. When you look at the life of Jesus, how did Jesus start his earthly ministry? He was baptized and he came up out of the water. And God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That is what catapulted him into ministry. And when he went into the wilderness and was tempted by Satan, what did he say? If you are the son of God, he challenged his identity. And I believe that tonight. There's some people in this place and your identity has been challenged. And I want to make room during the altar for a couple things. First off, if as I'm talking you're like, "Hey, I've grown up in church. I go to youth every Wednesday Thursday, sorry." But I don't see myself like what you're saying. That maybe you have grown up in church and you are here at youth every single week, but you have never made a personal decision to allow God to come into your life and to be the perfect father that he wants to be. And he can come in and change your life in a moment. If you have never made that decision, then I want to give room for you to make that decision tonight. That as we go into a time of response, we'll have a few of the leaders just on the left and the right of the stage and... If you want to make that decision, go up to one of the leaders and they will pray with you and it'll be the best decision you can ever make. But I also believe that tonight that as I've talked about the subject of fathers, it's probably dug up some past pain, some things that you don't want to remember. Sometimes it's a hard topic for people, but I believe that tonight God wants to bring healing to your heart. You know, we believe in a God who can heal people spiritually. He can change them from death to life. We believe in a God who can heal physically, but we also believe in a God who can heal emotionally. That in one moment, he can change your heart, can change your life. So I'm going to close here in a moment. Whatever it is God is speaking to your heart, would you just respond in faith? Would you come into the altar and whatever it is that you need God to do in your life, to come in and say, God, I don't know what to do. Help me. Come be the father that I need. I keep hearing about this love and how you're wild about me and how you love me so much, but I I just need to believe it. Come into the altar and let God change your life. Would you guys come?